Hello, everyone, to the new episode of not to the new to a new episode of the Scientist Podcast. Today we have our beautiful segment called No BS BTS Life of PhD Students. The goal of the segment is to bring you the best experience of your PhD and to avoid all the BS with it. That being said, PhD life is full of BS. There's a lot of knowledge in it. There's a lot of good things. You learn a lot. You get to do, depending on where you are, the best research on the latest information that is out there. But unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of trouble. Speaking of trouble, who's watching the World Cup? The World Cup now, this time around, is incredible. So many upsets. And it's just turning out to be, I mean, there are a lot of, not, not all the teams are playing the best, which makes it a more or less, you know, a leveled playing field. So the top teams are even not performing that well. So I don't know, like, seems like a leveled up playing field. Anyways, that being said, today we're going into a horror story. Uh, not really, <laughs> but I saw this title on Ask Academia subreddit. And they and he is saying, let's let's watch, let's see what he's saying. What's the craziest shit that happened to you in academia? Horror tales only. And to be frank with you guys, I did not read this before. I I, I read just a few bits of it, and I was like, no, no, I, I need to do this, and I'm gonna need it to be as a reaction. You know, I, I need to react to this live for you guys. So if you have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, bring it and let's see. What Bel Bella Malta 10 is saying. She posted this a year ago, and uh, there are 176 upvotes with mine 177. So let's see. Let's see what's, <laughs> what is she or he saying. I read it. I'm producing an episode on toxicity in academia for a podcast. And I've been making a compilation of the horror stories people have told me have been through there are the standard bully supervisor cases but also things like 100 hour working weeks women feeling they have to give up motherhood to be successful academics PI is blocking their postdocs from applying for their own grants and really sabotaging their careers a case of someone stealing a colleague's work and them accusing them of plagiarism people faking their results because they desperately need to publish to secure grants Please tell me yours, but I thought I would start by sharing mine. Sorry, it got long. It it it's pretty long, <laughs> so let's get to it. And uh, yeah, like you like you heard, there are many shitty stories, but let's keep going. I got admitted into a super prestigious university from my MPhil. Of course, I was over the moon. I'd been doing research before somewhere else and had such a great time there. I loved being in the lab. Well, things were very different in my new place. You would have thought you were walking into a funeral when you walked through those lab doors. No one talked much. No one laughed. No one seemed happy. As a new student, I didn't know where to find anything, and the lab technician had quit before I joined. So I went to ask things to the so to ask things to the postdoc who was extremely rude and unpleasant from day one. 
Me on the other, me and the other new student felt awful when we had to ask her anything. But we need some initial guidance to do our work that we weren't getting at all. Another student told me I shouldn't ask questions. That's how things were. Red flag. With the superior, things were fine at the beginning because I just never saw him. I went home for Christmas and when I came back, he started weekly meetings saying he was extremely worried. I took that break. He then kept asking if I was sure I had what it takes, constantly questioning my potential. I was lucky my experiments were working at that point and I knew I had pretty good results already, despite what he said. Otherwise, I would have probably given up. He a few times suggested I should probably apply to get less important sort of degree. What people get when they don't have enough for an MPhil or look for funds to change it to a PhD. Actually, the MPhil student that started the year before was persuaded by him to change to a PhD because he said she wouldn't have enough to get an MPhil within that time frame. So that poor woman got stuck three more years with the bastard. <laughs> I was not going to fall into that trap, but there was just no way we wouldn't get imposter syndrome around that man. He told me because I was an MPhil student, I didn't have the luxury of time PhD students had. So I should be the first one in the lab and the last one to leave. And that he would work all weekend as well if he were me. I was thinking, surely it's pro proportionate. proportionate. Or does he want me to get a PhD within my fucking 12 months? Sorry for the language, but you know, that's what was written. Anyways, I ignored his request because I had a life. My mentor was a super accomplished researcher. Told me he would only be in the lab from 9 to 5 and always got loads done. So I knew it was about the quality of time, not the quantity. There were experiments that did require me to be in the lab for 12 hours and I often had to go on on Sundays to get my samples ready to go on Monday. But I find extremely important to have quality time out of the department. In fact, the other events, talks and seminars I had access to within the uni were super valuable and the network I built in my college was what kept me sane. Uh, I'm gonna stop reading for a second there. He or she are bringing up a very good important point, which is you don't have to be in the lab all the time but make sure that you get things done when you're in the lab. This applies everywhere, in your job, in the lab, whatever. Also, when you're out of the lab, things that you do will affect your life afterwards. Connections that you make, people that you know, are what really help you move on to your next step. So if you know a lot of people in the same field or people who are you know, if your circle is good enough and you have enough connections within them to help you find other jobs, to at least expand your knowledge. This is an important factor, not just being stuck in the lab doing all the work, not even doing the work. Sometimes you just, you know, stay in the lab doing nothing, which is the worst thing that you could do to yourself or and to your career. Anyways.
I digress. Continuing. Every two to three months, we were required to give a presentation in our lab meetings. To add some context, everyone was terrified when it was their turn. There was zero encouragement to the people presenting, no smiles, no nods, no claps. At the end of the presentations, I had never seen that before. At my friend's lab, her supervisor got champagne, so everyone cheered the person who presented at the end. Well, not there. When I presented in the journal club, the presentation wasn't what he expected. My nerves were high. I was probably rushing through, so I was done within 40 minutes instead of the 60 minutes I was supposed to take. He was shouting at me in the end. I can't remember what he said. I was in shock. But I had the feeling he was expecting me to cry and would go on and on verbally abusing me until he got what he wanted. But I didn't cry. I just stared at him super blasé because it just felt so surreal what this guy was doing. I did feel embarrassed though because everyone could probably hear everything outside his office. It was, soon my, to it was soon my turn to present again, this time my own work. I prepared super well, the presentation was good, some of my colleagues told me afterwards I had done a pretty good job. My supervisor then comes and says, I didn't seem very enthusiastic about my work. And no positive comments, never. And of course, how did he expect anyone to sound enthusiastic in such a toxic environment? The anxiety we all felt before having to give these presentations because we were so scared of his reaction was unbelievable. 100% everyone left that lab mentally scarred. This reminds me of stories that I heard. Again, this is apparently so. This is not just in your lab. This is other people's labs too. I've, I've heard similar stories. Anyways, second year PhD student was the only one trying to speak out about it. She told her advisor about all the bullying advisors or other professors in the department randomly allocated to each student. So they have a person to go to who's not their supervisors. The advisor went straight to our supervisor and told him everything she had said. So the supervisor only made her life there even more difficult. She eventually quit. By the way, our supervisor was the head of the department. We just didn't know where to go, who to complain to. Every Friday, we had our weekly meetings. I was constantly dreading it. Fridays became my nightmare. One of those Fridays, the abuse was quite unbelievable again. So the following week, I tried to record our meetings, but then he just acted normal. It got to a point in August, I just couldn't get myself to walk into the lab again. Though I had planned to run some final experiments, I just didn't have the strength anymore to see him, so I never went back. I never spoke to him again, I didn't respond to his emails, I worked on my dissertation, applied to my degree without his consent, got my Viva, I passed, I got my MPhil. It sounded like, it sounds like a happy ending, but it wasn't. I didn't think the degree was worth it. I wouldn't I would have been better off in a less prestigious institution that didn't have that toxic environment. It took me months, probably over a year to to build back my confidence and recover my mental health. And trust me, confidence is just as important as competence. I complete I completely ruled out PPHD and I would never ask for his reference anyways. 
anyway, which I thought was essential for me to get admitted into one. This has completely put me off academia. The supervisor is still there, bullying people. He was supposed to retire the year after I left, but I found out he had recruited new PhD students. So I guess he wasn't planning on retiring at least in the next four years. Sometimes I Google him hoping to see an obituary. So far, no luck. <laughs> this is the end of her post. I There are 108 comments, so I don't think I can go you know, through all of them. But I can see the pain that she's been through. And look, like everyone is here saying, like it looks like everyone is agreeing with it. At least let's go with the first comment, right? My first master's advisor treated us like human garbage and would only call me on one student by his name instead of her, her, her pejorative nicknames. The PhD who supervised me was called a cockroach by this advisor because this single student came from the same uni as this shit advisor did his undergrad. Oh, he also tried to slap me in the face after I told him I was quitting because I did not want to work with him. I was funded, so I was ready to return all cash. Damn. Slapping? <laughs> that sure says that this guy is a very high class person, very gentleman. First time on the lab, I broke an expensive glassware and cried in desperation because I was scared that he was going to find out. Nobody wanted or cared to help me, just told me to stop being a pussy and get it, and get it done. This happened in the span of three, three months, and this was from a young researcher, hired two years before all of this. He was around 33 or 34 if memory serves right. At least I had my revenge as I wrote a six-page document telling every single thing that happened, including emails, voice recordings, and a video. Way to go! <laughs> and I went full head-on straight to our dean's office and every single social movement I could find. I'm gay man for a poor area. Dark-skinned. Do you see where this is going? Yes, exactly that. Every single person in our institute from undergrad to all professor here professor heard about this what happened next year he almost did the same with another student coincidentally another gay guy with dark skin and i helped him do the revenge he spent three years without a single new grad student and not a single professor wants to work with him now serves him right it's it's crazy how you know how 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 things can go bad this is one of those stories that really makes you think that you really need to know and search well about the lab that you're joining don't just take it for granted that this is a prestigious university or a prestigious department or that they publish a lot of papers it's not enough you really need to understand what department are you joining who are the people that you're going to work with what's the work culture Otherwise, you might end up in one of these unfortunate situations. Bella Malta 10 was, was able to graduate, luckily, and finish her MPhil. But other people, just like the ones she mentioned in her story, do not get to have this luxury of graduating and end up with scars for life, like she said, too. Like, so I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know.
I hope no, none of you guys goes through this again, goes through this ever, not again, goes through this ever. So hopefully uh, everyone will have a, you know, an idea of what to do. Always think before joining. Having an opportunity is such a great thing, I know. And joining a prestigious university is really, really, an, I know it's an incredible feeling. But it's not going to be worth it if you're not going to finish the program or if you're going to finish it with scars that are going to stay with you for life or going to be, you know, take a long time to heal afterwards. Anyways, uh, I'm going to search for Bella Malta's podcast because she said he or she, I think she said that they're having a, um, a podcast. So, anyhow, I hope you this horror less horror story was uh, an interesting one for you. At least it's somehow happy with a happy ending because she, you know, she finished her her MPhil. But uh, let's hope that other people will not fall into the same trap. Anyways, my name is Akram. Um, I hope that uh, this was interesting for you to hear. Learned a few things from it, and I'll see you in the next episode, in some next episodes. Uh, just saying, uh, if you want to know more about career options, there are a ton of interviews that I'm doing. Uh, it's bi-weekly, and I'm doing this uh, uh, BTS of PhD life also bi-weekly. So it's one week interview and one week um, BTS of PhD life. I hope you learn from the stories that I bring during this segment and from the interviews that I'm making with the different researchers from around the world. So hopefully this is going to be useful for somebody who's trying to join a PhD program. So if you know somebody who's trying to join academia or is in academia and in a bad, bad spot or a bit confused about their future and they want to know where to go next, uh, please recommend this podcast to them. Let me know if you're interested in something else that you want us to do. And I'll see you in the next in the next podcast. Podcast. You know, podcast, baby. See you. Bye-bye. Salam. Peace.